Hey, what's up? It's Christine from Christian Creatives, and today for my number one first ever Anchor FM broadcast, I'm going to talk about digital evangelism, social media, and how we can hate the trolling, but not the troll. So let's get started. Let me jump in just real quick and ask this one question, and if you call in, I want to hear your answer. When you hear the words social media, what do you think of? Do you think of social media as a collection of ever-growing technological tools and platforms to be used and shared to create conversations? Or do you think of social media as like a subculture of, of uh, trolls <laughs> trolling the internet to um, pop up at any moment's notice to comment negatively on your blog post or your, your Facebook post or, or your Instagram post? Um, so which one do you think it is? And, and maybe you're in between those two and that's fine. Um, but I'd love to hear if you have feelings about the term social media, if you think of it more of a tool or you think of it more of a subculture. And so maybe you're not thinking subculture of trolls. Maybe that's the wrong word that you wouldn't necessarily put in there, but maybe you think of it as subculture. So call in and let me know which one, which side of the fence you're on there. And I'll tell you what I believed and what I currently believe. So they're two different things. What I used to believe was that it was a subculture full of trolls, negativity, and mean-spirited people who would hang, up all, hang out all day, every day, just espousing their, their negativity. Now, you could argue that I'm right. You could definitely argue with success that I'm right based on the number of negative comments and just irrelevant um posts or comments that are made on posts that you see on social media. And, you know, but part of that was my own judgment. My judgment was that social media was a wasted pastime for most people because it was filled with egocentric uh, people taking selfies of themselves and their food and, and just truly, what can you possibly have to say about that? What eternal significance does that have? And I was having a hard time with it. Mostly I was having a hard time with my judgmental heart, but let's be honest, it happens, right? Um, so I'm wondering how many of you feel me on that. You know, how many people have felt that way about social media, that it's a distraction, that it's, uh, that it's irrelevant, it's, it's a total waste of time, it's full of mean people, it's, um, it's just a time suck, you know, it, it just takes away any, any kind of meaningful connection, connections you might have in real life. Um, so, but let me just tell you this, while I may have believed that, things have changed. Over the last, I would say, about six months, I've really focused in on what I believe to be true versus what could be true versus what is actually true. So let me explain that. So two things I've learned about social media. Number one, that I have the power to impose my influence over many people around the world without the cost and time typically needed for traditional mission trips. Now, I don't know if you've ever gone on a mission trip or you've or maybe avoided going on a mission trip because of these factors, which are the costs associated with plane tickets, tra ground transportation, food, lodging, um, even immunizations, going to the doctor, getting your shots. Some people are afraid of getting shots. There's a lot involved. I mean, not to mention, I have two cats that I love to death and that I would need to pay to board while we, would, while we were gone. 
So the idea that you now have the power to do a quote-unquote mission trip online without suffering through all the financial heartache, all the time that, that is taken away from maybe your job, your family, your kids, all of those things no longer become quite the issue that they were. And let me tell you something else that I learned about social media is that while I believe that they were trolls trolling around online, it turns out that the people I met while traveling and speaking, the people I worshiped with at church, smiled at, at the store, that I met during Craigslist buying and selling transactions, those are the exact same people who are online. They're not trolls. They're people. They're doing and saying things that people with a sin nature living in a fallen world do and say. Okay, we're back. This is the second segment of digital evangelism. Don't hate the trollers. Hate the trolling. Um, you know, the the first segment we talked about the the first of two things that I learned, um, which is that I had the empower to influence people around the world without the cost and time associated with traditional mission trips. So I personally have been to Bosnia, Croatia, Slovakia. Uh, several several places in Kenya um, so I've, I've definitely taken uh, those life-changing and faith-growing trips and I would not change those experiences for a second so don't hear me say that don't go across the oceans and across the globe to um, meet and commune with different people I want you to trust me it's an amazing experience um, but not everyone can. A lot of people have small children, they can't leave, um, they can't travel with them. Maybe they have aging parents that they can't leave, they can't travel with them. Maybe they don't have the finances or the time or the time away from work possible to do all those things. So the idea that digital evangelism gives you the power to influence people around the world without the typical costs associated with a mission trip is amazing. And the, and the, the last point that I made in the segment was that I had to change some things I thought about the online people that while I believed it to be a subculture, it was the exact same people that I knew in real life. The same people I went to church with, that I worked with, that I socialized with, that I met in restaurants, the waitress, the cab driver, all of those people are online and they're not trolls, they're people. And they're doing and saying things that people with a sin nature from a, living in a fallen world would do and say. But the great thing is with digital evangelism, as Christ followers, we get to do and say what people who are born again and full of hope and goodness do and say say. So that's great. So that was number one. That was the first thing that I realized about social media. The second thing, social media is the vehicle, not the driver. Okay. This is super important. A little bit obvious, but nevertheless, I take a little bit longer sometimes to realize uh, what the truth is. So in my world and in my mind, I had given over too much power to social media. I believed that somehow uh, that the bullying online, the negativity was created by the technological platform versus the people who were actually on that platform. Okay, so yes, I'm sure you're all thinking, okay, no duh, no duh, I get it. But here's the thing, 
if we view social media as a subculture, we forget that the, that, that, that the people on that social media platform are just people and they they're living flawed lives they're living with broken hearts broken dreams we've all been there we've been broken we understand what it's like to speak out into the world act and behave out in the world from that perspective and it can be quite damaging not to the, not just to the person who's feeling those things but to the people that they're um, interacting with and so the idea is that you are the driver of social media and social media is not driving you. So that's great news and let me tell you why. Because if you're driving, if you acknowledge that you're the driver and the social media is just the vehicle or the platform, next thing you need to do is figure out who's gonna drive. So the question is, Will I let someone without truth in their lives steer the conversation away from an eternal destination? Or will I let someone with impaired judgment and blurred vision be the driver of where hope can be found? So those are the questions you have to ask yourself when you consider using social media as a platform and a tool to then bring your positive messages and your biblical truth online. And for me, I realized that, that truly I am the driver and that truly I can steer the lives and the conversations into an eternal destination, that I can tell someone um, how and where hope can be found. And that is why digital evangelism is something that I am totally committed to and why I think you should be too. Okay, part three of digital evangelism, hate the trolling, not the troll. Um, so we have talked about the difference between thinking of social media as a tool or a platform versus a subculture. And I told you that I learned two things that one is I have the influence and the power um, to influence people from all over the world through a very simple, small, free platform like a social media platform. The second thing is that I realize that social media is not the vehicle, I'm the driver or excuse me, the social media is the vehicle and I'm the driver. So with that in mind, I have the obligation and the responsibility to make sure that I'm driving in a direction that leads to truth and hope. So for those people who are not quite sure, let me just tell you real quick what digital evangelism is or how I see it. And I think that it is it refers to a Christian who uses mobile devices, cell phones, tablets, desktop computers, laptops, social media apps, videos, YouTube, you name it. Anything online to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's how I define digital evangelism and digital evangelists. So one thing, the, the well, the last thing that I just want to share with you um, is something that I came across out of a book called The Social Media Gospel, and that's written by Meredith Gold. Um, it's a, I would say, a redo or an interpretation of a very popular um, prayer called Christ Has No Body, and that was written by St. Teresa Avila. I believe that's how you say her last name. 
But Meredith Gold reworked that prayer and she named it Christ has no online presence but yours. And I'm just going to read this to you and I um, want to just leave you with a few final thoughts and then I just want to hear from you. Call in, let me know again your your views of social media, your views of whether or not you want to be a digital evangelist, if you can be. Maybe you have questions about how, how you would do that. I would love to answer those questions. But let me leave you with this. Uh, the, again, it's a prayer slash poem that was rewritten by Meredith Gold, and it's entitled, Christ Has No Online Presence But Yours. Christ has no online presence but yours. No blog, no Facebook page, but yours. Yours are the tweets through which love touches this world. Yours are the posts through which the gospel is shared. Yours are the updates through which hope is revealed. Christ has no online presence but yours, no blog, no Facebook page, but yours. So let me ask you this. How does your online presence look? How does your Facebook page look? How does your blog post look? Do you desire to be a digital evangelist? I hope so. And I'd like to show you how. Um, I recognize not every, everyone knows how to share the gospel and not everyone has a working online presence. Let me just share with you really quick that Christian Creatives is an online community and offline, but it's an online community that can help you get your head wrapped around, um, wrapped around not just how to share the gospel, but how to build your online presence. We talk about lots of tech things, website design, um, blog posts, tons of things. So if you want to join us, please go to christiancreatives.org. Again, that's www.christiancreatives.org. We'd love to see you in the community. Get started. Introduce yourself. Let us know who you are. And I cannot wait to meet you. Again, if you have questions or just want to chime in about today's topics, please call the station and let us know who you are, what your thoughts are. We definitely want to uh, touch base.